Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. This might be a toughie. Usually, it's nice and soft. (laughs) But this morning's might be a little bit of a toughie. You know, I was thinking this morning... And I said this last night, I'm, I prepared, I think I gave the guys 77 slides, and I got through 18, which was an all-time low. As I went on a couple rampages last night, yeah, Heather's looking, 18, yeah, 18, it was an all-time low. Because I went on some rampages, and one of them was this, and I just can't get it out of my head right now, as I look around the world, and I see what's happened, I looked at a crowd of Germans this morning as police walk through their crowd with six-foot-long sticks, putting them between people so that you had to be six feet apart. Six feet means absolutely nothing. That was created. Even the vaccine pimp Scott Gottlieb acknowledges that that was created out of thin air. There is nothing to six feet. But look how much it's become a part of the culture, not our culture, but part of their culture. And if anybody was wondering back in the day, you know, they kicked out Novak Djokovic out of Israel. He's been deported because he, I'm not Israel, Australia, because, you know, he doesn't have a vaccine passport, so he can't play in the Australian Open. And if anybody was wondering what side they would have been on back in the 30s and 40s, now you know. And do you say that boldly, Tom? Absolutely. Absolutely, without question, now you know. You have to ask yourself these things. Whether you're talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who refused to bend, right? Refused to take a knee, refused to cite, using modern day vernacular, refused to recite the Muslim prayer of salvation, something like that along those lines where Christians get shot pretty much on a daily basis because they refuse to do those things. Stay with me, I know there's movement. It's a tile store, we'll be in a real church soon, I promise. Stay with me, everybody, let's be, let's be real centered on what's happening in the room and not everybody moving around. And let's make sure that we limit all the movement. Everybody got me? Let's limit all the movement. If you got to go pee-pee, go pee-pee. But other than that, stay right here. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about people hearing what they need to hear. But even in the midst of that, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, most of the Jews took a knee. See how quiet it got? I'm not allowed to say that about the Jews. Why not? I know they're God's holy people, and his eyes are ever toward that land. I understand that. I know that they're God's chosen people. Most of them took a knee. They did. They bent their knee. And that's what's happening now. Think about the 30s and 40s in Germany. There's Christians there. Look at me now, there was Christians there. What did they do? Nothing. They did nothing. They said nothing. And six million people were ushered in to furnaces. They did nothing. So people were wondering what side they would be on today. Now they know if you're closed, if you're masked, if you're vaxxed, all those different things, if you continue to comply, look how easy life is. If you look at, right now, I have countless videos. Have you looked at videos from Italy? You look at the videos from the access powers outside of Japan. I haven't seen anything coming out of Japan. 
Nothing, in all honesty. They're, pretty, they're more laxed. But the access powers, whether it's Italy or Germany, they're complete, com- complete police states. You can't buy, sell, trade, or trade. You can't do that. You cannot get on a bus in Italy. The cops are standing there with their QR-coded machines. Bleep, bleep, you can't go on. That's where they are. Israel is the same way. So the very people that the access powers tormented are exactly the same now as the access powers. And does any of it make any sense at all? If you were just to take five minutes, five minutes and read a few articles, does it make any sense at all? Right now they're completely locked down in Australia. And people are thinking, well, that's a far off land. Do you think it'd be any different here if we didn't have guns? What's the difference between us and Australia? Same government, same really, same democratic system. We're a republic. I know, I know. Don't meet me at the door. I know. The same democratic ideals, right? But the only difference is 10 years ago, they had a mandated government firearms buyback. They won't dare do that here yet. But, this, but the next generation, all the kids, I'll be bold, all the Christian kids from all the lockdown churches that spent months and months and months in quarantine with their masks on, you think they're gonna yield their guns? Ah, uh, they've been taught to be compliant. In New Queensland and Australia, we did this last night on the podcast. Does any of it make sense? Well, out of five million people, they had six COVID deaths. They're in complete lockdown. By the way, all six fully vaccinated. Not one unvaccinated death. None. 7% of their population is unvaccinated. They blame the whole thing on the unvaccinated. 19,000 cases through the roof. What needs to be asked now is, am I catching COVID because I'm vaccinated? That's what needs to be. Tom, what does this have to do with Christianity? Tons. Tons. You'd better wake up if you don't get it now. It has everything to do. It doesn't matter. Listen, you think the devil's going to come in the devil's name? 666 is the mark of a man, not the devil. It's not going to be in the name of the devil. It will be in the name of the knowledge and the forethought of men. These ideas of, yes, does it come from the pit of hell? Yes, but the vessels are people. And none of it makes any sense whatsoever. It has absolutely everything to do with the book of Revelation, chapter 13 and 14, period. Everybody should be preaching it. So I say this to you this morning, and I'll actually start preaching the message. And nothing to do with this message. Right now we're still talking about sanctification. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. You have made a decision to stand, correct? You stood. I will stand. The only question now is, how will you stand? And your sanctification determines that. How you will stand. Yes, we can make a stand. Listen, that's better. If you're standing, you're breathing. That's always better than not breathing. Amen? Y'all are down today because it's raining. Get your boo-boos out of your feelings. It's raining. Who cares? It's Florida. 
You don't have you don't have melancholy days because it's raining. Just go ahead and let him be the glory and the lifter of your It's not a down day because it's raining. My yard was fried anyway. It's good news it's raining. So you will determine how you stand. It's great that you're standing and you're breathing now. You actually are alive where most of the church in the world is completely dead. I still want to name names. But one of the, which most of you would know the name, but I won't say it, but you can look it up yourself. Feel free. Pastor Rodney sent me a text message. I don't know if he was just stoking the flame of the statement from probably the largest or one of the largest churches in Australia with a name that everybody knows who is the pastor of one of those largest churches that are in Australia. Talking about what a pleasure it is to comply. Did he use that word? No, but that's exactly what it was. You know, being part of the team. You're not supposed to blend in. You're supposed to stand out. And not, not being a stupid idiot. See, I always have to say that. Why? Because there's stupid idiots in the church. It's not a matter of being, standing out because you're a stupid idiot. You stand out because you stand in the word of God. That will inherently make you stand out. God doesn't even need us. Just stand in the word and you stand out. But you've made that decision. How impactful that stand is will depend on how sanctified you are. You can stand and that's better. Listen, it's better to go to heaven. But how much of an impact will you make on earth? There's lots of parents that are going to heaven, but their kids are going to go to hell because their parents weren't sanctified enough to actually preach an affective gospel. They were so weak in and of themselves, the kids didn't even want what they had. So they stood and they will watch their kids be grabbed by the scruff of the neck and thrown into the lake of fire. See how quiet it gets in here? There's my gift coming out. So you will determine it. Tom, aren't you going to rejoice that I'm standing? I already did. How can I be any nicer? You're standing. You're alive. Now what? How impactful will that stand be will depend on how sanctified you are. Sanct- part, of the, part of the definition of sanctification is being made useful. You're welcome. So that's what this is all about this morning. It may not appear to be about sanctification, but it is because I'm trying to get you to this point. I'm going to bring you some startling revelation this morning because there's a lot of people who think Christianity is something that it is completely not. Everybody thinks Christianity is a nice person contest. I'm nicer. No, I'm nicer. No, I'm nicer. It's not what it is. It's about power, love, soundness of mind. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And these signs will follow those who believe. But when they don't, nobody questions it. 
And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, you will, you will cast out devils. You will speak with new tongues. You will take up serpents. And if you drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt you. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Matthew 16, 17, and 18. But nobody questions when that doesn't happen. Tom, why are you always talking about miracles? Because that was Jesus' ministry. If we are Christians, why is it not ours? If his ministry was power, why isn't ours? Why is ours a nice person contest and his certainly was not? Jesus wasn't even nice. Look at me. By today's standards, was he nice? You brood of vipers? Who warns you to flee the coming wrath? Produce fruit and keep it with the friends. Actually, that was John the Baptist. Matthew 3, 7, 3, 8. Jesus was worse. What kind of people are we called to be? By that, I mean, what kind of personality should we have? Well, I was wired up this way. You know, I took this personality test. Take that. <laughs> personality test. What kind of people are we called to be? Well, Tom, I'm never going to be a loud mouth. No, you don't have to be loud. You have to be what God has called you to be. But what God has called you to be is uncomfortable for you. It's uncomfortable for me. Oftentimes what God tells me to do is exceedingly uncomfortable. What kind of people has God called us to be? I will tell you, it's probably the opposite of what you think. Even if you've been coming here for a while, how many of you have been coming here for more than a month? Shout amen. amen. You are survivors. See, some of you, you might think, you know what? Move into a multi-million dollar building and he's gonna change because if he doesn't, he's not gonna be able to placate the crowd and pay for the building. I don't care. Look at me, I'll walk away. I'll never stop preaching the gospel. If it's 40 people, it's 40 people. If it's zero people, it's zero people. That's it. I don't care. That, that building is up to us and Jesus. If, you, if we give the way that we should, we'll have no problem with the building. If we don't, we will. But I'm not changing a thing. I'm not here to appease anybody ever. It's all about the Bible. And being what you're called to be, being the person that you call, you're called to be, is probably nowhere near where you're at right now. Because I'll speak for myself. I am nowhere near where God has called me to be. And I'm 53 years old. For those of you younger than that, don't waste your life like I have. Don't waste the time that you have because there's only run, one run on the rock. This is it. You're not going to be evangelizing in heaven. Who are you going to go evangelize? Peter? Peter, have you ever, you know, I didn't do it down on earth, so. You ever thought about Jesus? Do you notice the giant light in the room is Jesus? Streets of gold, do you notice any of that? A lot of, a lot of people, that's their reward. It's, it's not. The reward of salvation is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. What kind of people are we called to be? What kind of personality should we have? It's probably the opposite of what we've been taught. Let me read you this. You can go to 2 Kings chapter 22, and we're going to look at verses 8, 10, and 11. So I'm skipping around just a little bit. 8, 10, and 11. 
Then Hilkiah the priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. In Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. So what are we looking at here? Hilkiah the priest, what's going on with the house of the Lord, with the temple of God? It was in shambles, so they were rebuilding it. Absolutely in shambles. Now I want you to get the context. Hilkiah is the priest. He knew the book that he found. The scribe who studies under the priest had no idea what that book was. That sounds like the modern church. No idea what this book is. They carry it around. They've got Bible covers with fish on them in, in little verses, usually typed in half, so there's no conviction allowed. But they have absolutely no idea what's actually in here. They have no idea the personality that you're supposed to have as a believer. They don't think wise as serpent, they only think harmless as dove. Because that's all that they've ever been taught. Because wise as serpent is a threat to church leadership. The, the scribe who is the studier, think about it. The scribe who is the studier of the Torah has no idea what the Torah is. But there's plenty of books about it on the bookshelves at the Christian bookstore online. So then Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to the scribe, Shaphan. And Shaphan the scribe, he read it. Verse 10, then Shaphan the scribe showed the king saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. He's given me a book. Now people would think, well, we're different in the church. We may know what the book is because you know what happens to say it. But I want you to try it sometime and see what the knowledge level of your children is with this. Would they be, would they be any different than Shaphan the scribe? I can tell you that most of the church in America is no different. They're going to a church that operates in the name of the Bible that doesn't even ever preach the Bible. They don't even know what this is. Do you know how many times I've had people meet me at the door with rudimentary scriptures and say, I've never heard that before, and they've been in church for decades? Never heard that before. You haven't heard that before? I have found a book. That's what he said. The scribe, the studier of the scriptures, has the scriptures in his hand, and he describes it as a book. Not the book, not the Torah, not the Bible. Just, yeah, I found a book. Dagum Hilkiah, make him read it. And Shaphan read, and Shaphan read it before the king. Josiah, this is King Josiah. He didn't know what it was either. Think about the house of God was in such disrepair. The way that I picture it in my head is that under some boards and debris, they found the Torah. They've been going decade after decade after decade after decade with no guidance of God. But all the while thinking that they're Christians. All the while thinking that they're Jews. Were they? Were they the people that God called them to be with no knowledge? How can you be what God has called you to be when you have no idea what his word tells you that you're called to be? 
What happens then is people just start making it up. That's why you hear me quote all the time around here, Psalm 138 too. For you have magnified your word above all your name because if you simply use the name of Jesus, you can make Jesus be whatever you want him to be. Well, I want to build myself a church, so how am I going to build myself a church? If I preach the Bible, everyone's going to get mad and everyone will stop coming. So I'll just make Jesus what I want him to be. He's a bongo playing hippie who's all accommodating. There's no power. There's no quick power sharper than any two-edged sword, nothing. I just make him what I want him to be. Now it happened, verse 11, when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes. In other words, he was exceedingly sorrowful. He tore his clothes. So let me ask, what kind of people are we called to be? Go with the flow? Laid back? Hyper nice? Cooperative? Accommodating? Spineless? Servants of the community? That's what everybody's been being taught for year after year, decade after decade. Everywhere you go in America, that is what you're taught. Be hyper nice, be cooperative, be accommodating. Don't say things that could hurt people's feelings. Listen, you may not believe me when I tell you this. I never go out to hurt people's feelings, ever. I actually go out of my way to not hurt people's feelings. However, what needs to be said and what needs to be done is what needs to be said and what needs to be done. Period. Now. Verse 11, now it happened, again, I'm reading this again, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he was basically stunned. In other words, whoops, we haven't been doing any of this. That's how the church should be worldwide right now. Right now at this moment, worldwide, all you gotta do is open it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. In all of the European Union, Australia, Canada, Israel, New York City and numerous other locations on the globe right now, you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your QR-coded mark of the beast, and we've said nothing for 22 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. We should tear our clothes. Nothing. You, do you realize the impact of the church doing nothing? Listen, everybody thinks in terms of this sort of Vertical not, or horizontal life that we live. Not vertical life, horizontal life. We, we just think in terms of tomorrow's another day, tomorrow's a work. Do you realize that the great white throne judgment is coming and the church is doing nothing to save souls? I know there's exceptions to that rule, but on the whole, they're saying nothing and doing nothing should be tearing their clothes, but it's antithetical to Christianity to work a nerve. You can't be sad because you gotta be our church happy. Awesome, great, fantastic. <laughs> you gotta put on the fake orthodoxy of fake religious Christianity. Hey guys, welcome to our church. It's another great day at Hyper Faith International. You should be weeping and mourning. In most churches right now, be thankful that you don't have a feces covered elephant in the room in your church. 
We don't need to hide from anything. We've stood on the word of God. We stand on the word of God. We preach the word of God. We're not saying we're perfect, but that's where we stand. Never change. But in most churches right now, they've got a stinking, smelling, feces-covered elephant sitting in the room that everybody is lockstep and saying is not there. I don't, I don't smell anything. You smell anything? I don't smell anything. He just, something just smashed my foot, and now my foot is smashed with feces on it. What is going on? Oh, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. I can't see the pastor. It's a giant obstruction. It looks like an elephant. No, it's nothing. It's nothing. Let's all just keep on. Let's, let's all keep pretending. And what, what are the, what's the elephant? Cowardice. Cowardice and compromise. That's what it is. Most Christians will never go back. We're 22 months into 15 days to flatten the curve, and Christians will never go back and say they were wrong. I have yet to see any sort of repentance in the evangelical movement, have you? Not a word. I see evangelicals embracing the uh, vaccine protocols all over the globe, including in America, part of the team. I don't know where come out from among them. Maybe separate got lost, but they're part of the team. Not a word, they should be tearing their clothes. But tearing your clothes is antithetical to the modern orthodoxy of Christianity, which is put a smile on your face and fake it. James chapter four, verse seven and eight. Therefore, James chapter four, seven through 10. Therefore, submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. See, nobody dares draw near to God. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And they don't want to hear what he has to say. I choose the elephant. If I draw near to God, he will draw near to me. And then he's going to tell me that I was wrong. Now listen, I'm, I'm applying that to COVID, but you can apply that to any area of your life that is a stinking, smelly, feces-covered elephant. If there's things that you need to make right... Make them right. Stop accommodating things that God has told you to get rid of. I don't know if I can be happy if I get rid of it. Yahweh told you through his Holy Spirit to get rid of it. Why have you not? Some of you are in this room right now. You resist God and you resist God. You think think it's an attribute. Uh, you know, I'm me, I'm me, I'm resisting God. I'm a, I'm a man that stands on my own. You'll be a man that gets his, taken up by the scruff of his neck and thrown into the lake of fire. You're a powerless worm. That's it. You're, you might be full of pride right now, but just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 27. Life is fleeting might want to be broken now. I don't be broken. I'm not some sort. You better be. He's God. There's no resisting. He made you. He formed you. He called you. You're his, whether you acknowledge it or not. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Here's what we're not doing. Verse 9, lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. How, what, we're, that's not part of Christianity. Yes, it is. 
See how quiet it is in here? Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. Worldly sorrow brings death. 2 Corinthians 7.10. Humble yourselves, verse 10 of James, chapter 4. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Where do you hear in the church today being preached? Humble yourself. Humble yourself. You're not the world's greatest husband. Your wife's just too scared to tell you. You stink. She's just too scared because she doesn't want to deal with the repercussion of your moods. It's resonating. You should see the looks on the faces that I'm seeing right now. Why won't you deal with it? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. God, I want to hear what you have to say. Are you sure? I do. What's the point of hiding? The, the God who looks directly into the heart. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks directly at the heart. I added the word directly. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. That's it. Why hide? Well, I've got everybody fooled. You know, everybody thinks I'm strong. Everybody thinks we have the perfect Christian family. And I'm living in hell at home. Because you won't draw near to God. And let him draw near to you because you don't want to hear what he has to say. Listen, sometimes it's tough to hear what God has to say. If you're a blowhard like me, says things that I shouldn't say at times, acts in ways that I shouldn't act. When I, but the thing is, I'm transparent before the Lord. You know, like, people probably wonder at times, why on earth would God give him a platform? Because you're unavailable. All the nice people aren't available. They're too busy worshiping their niceness. So he's got to go to somebody like me. Default. You won't say what needs to be said. You worship at the idolatrous altar of your own niceness. Not me. I say what needs to be said. Not a perfect person. You may be even be a better Christian than me, but I say what needs to be said. Period. 2 Kings twenty two thirteen. 13. Josiah says this, go inquire of the Lord for me. Now remember, they just found the Bible. For the people and for all of Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. This book, see, he still doesn't even know. He's just like, what is it? It's the Torah. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book. Do according to all that is written concerning us. What is written concerning you? What kind of personality should you have? Does anybody know? How about we compete? How quiet is in here. You really are affected by the rain. Don't be. People look at me all the time. I'll give you an example. Right there is where we're at, okay. I remember when Hurricane Irma came through. 
See, I always like it. That was 2017. I don't mind hurricanes. They're, I mean, for me, a thunderstorm is actually more irritating because there's lightning and I can't go outside. I like going outside. I spend lots and lots of hours outside. Hurricane Irma came blowing through, and I just retired from the sheriff's office like a month before that. And it's blowing through, and they just send the, the, the feeder bands come through. There's no, there wasn't even any lightning. Just these giant, you see the band, you can actually see the bands come through. And this drum just dropping inches after inches after inches of rain. Where was I? I was out walking the dog in it. Soaking wet. Cops drove by. What are you doing out here? It's blowing like 50. I'm like, why not? What's going to happen? It's just wet. It, it's, just, it's just raining. I'm out walking the dog. Why, why, why disrupt my routine? It's 50 miles an hour and it's pouring rain. Who cares? What's that got to do with me? My sneakers are wet. Who cares? I the cop drove by. What are you doing out here? Walking the dog. She loves it. <laughs> you can track orcas, great killer whales. You can track them. They'll be in the midst of an Arctic storm. It's 50 below, dumping blizzard, blizzard level snow. 100 mile an hour winds, and they're playing in it out in the ocean, jumping up and down. That's how you should be. There's no effect on you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. If you're down because of the rain, you've listened to your own carnal nature. No, thank you. I refuse to have a down day today. Thank you very much. I will give praise to the Lord no matter how I feel. And eventually, my heart, which is a follower, will go towards the Spirit of God. Compete! Compete. Well, that's not a, that's not church. Like, really? How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that competition's not in the Bible? The competition's been taken out of our culture. It has not been taken out of the Bible. I hate the NFL. You know why I hate the NFL? Not just be, I hated it before they went political. They've made it non-competitive. Everybody's the same. It's socialism. You can only have this amount of money. I'm like, let them all compete wholeheartedly. Spend whatever you want on whatever player you want. Go after Remember, How many of you remember the 80s? The 80s NFL. Tell me the NFL is better now. Now that you can, you have, they have the, the spending cap, the salary cap. It's all controlled. Everybody comes together so that one market can compete with another. Frick, why would you do that? The people who spend the most money don't win anyway. How about we compete? What kind of nature are you supposed to have, Christian? Competitive. Tom, you're trying to be, about, be some kind of competitive whack job like me, like you? Yeah. I care whether I win at everything. Everything. How about we have some sort of drive in our life? A lot of you are driven in every other way, but you consider Christianity to be a bongo playing Jesus, laid back, hippie, dope smoking, drum circle on Nicomas Beach. Every other area of your life, you're driven, but not in your spiritual walk. You've been taught that Christianity is laid back and passive. It's got nothing to do with laid back and passive. For you, you are Hilkiah. You are Shaphan. What is this book? You think Christianity is passive? And there's people in this room that think passivity is an attribute. It's a detriment to your life. It's killing your life off. 
I'm just, you know, whatever. People are dying and going to hell because you're passive. Because you're called to reach them. Dads, you will answer for the souls of your children. You'll answer, and you are passive. It's not too late. If they're alive, it is not too late. I don't care if they're 48. Still do it. If you change, you watch, Dad. You change. I don't, you, you, you can have a family right here rooted in Inglewood, Florida. Your kids are in, one's in South Dakota, one's in L.A. If you change, your whole family will change. Watch. How about we have some determination? Do these things sound like Christianity to you? Competitive, drive, determination. Do they? Because they certainly are in the Bible. What is this book? How about we, how about we have some goals? Where there is no vision, goals, the people perish. How many of you have spiritual goals? Here's the thing. It's not, well, I'm, you know, we're, we're, our goal is to grow this year. That means nothing. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For you, doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. James 1, 6 and 7. How can you ask God for ambiguous things and expect anything but ambiguity, ambiguity back? There's no way. Ambiguous equals ambiguous. Whatever you plant in the ground is coming up. Well, my goal this year is to grow spiritually. What does that mean? You have to have specific goals and be determined and actually be disappointed if you don't get them. It's okay. Lament, mourn, tear your clothes. It's all right. See how quiet it is in here? You expect joy, 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 joy. It's not all that. It's not. You're going to have to learn it's okay to lament and mourn when you blow it. You don't sit there and beat yourself up. You lament and mourn that you let God down. Oh, I hate myself. I hate myself. That's, not, that's worldly sorrow. That leads to death. Godly sorrow brings repentance where you go, you know what? I am not what God calls me to be. I'm sorrowful about it. I tear my clothes and I'm changing. Get the sackcloth on, get the fasting on, and start changing. I'm fasting right now myself. Right now. It's tough. I'm on no sugar. I'm on day 16. Woo! I never realized how much I lived for the substance until it was no longer there. I never realized how much I reward myself with sugar. Post-podcast Slurpee. Post-church service Slurpee. Post-message prep M&Ms at 3 o'clock in the morning. I miss those things. I signed up. With hope to do it, I thought it was 30 days, but it's 40 days. So 24 days to go. But it's been really good for my waistline. Lo and behold, I'm not as swollen when I don't eat sugar. <laughs> How about we have some goals? Hardcore. Written down. Habakkuk 2-2 style. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. If you're not doing it, you're blowing it. 
You're not taking your spiritual life seriously. You're just a go with the flow. Yes, I, I'm a Christian. I have stopped sinning. Great, you're standing. You're even, you're, even, you're even better than that if you attend here because you've taken a stand that has caused you probably to lose relationships. Good. Now, what kind of impact are you going to have, though? You've taken the stand. You are alive when most people are dead. But what kind of impact are you going to have? Depends on how sanctified you decide to be. How about we be mad about losing? Instead of saying, well, you know, there's, there's hidden meanings and hidden lessons every time you lose. No, losing stinks. I don't want any of those hidden lessons because I'm not called to lose, ever. How about being a warrior? Is it, Tom, warfare in the Bible? Like, just the whole New Testament, but other than that, don't worry about it. Competitive, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Striving for a crown. Ever heard the word striving in an ark church? You're not allowed to be striving because it's not. If you're striving, that means we're not going to have a YMCA atmosphere around here. <laughs> Nobody loses around here. You know, we're all just the same. You know, no, I'm going to compete. I'm not competing against people. Don't care what other people do. I'm competing against the enemy. I'm competing against the tools of the enemy, and I'm competing against my own carnality. If that happens to be where other people get defeated, that's their problem. The church is closing all around the globe, closing everywhere, because pastors have trained their people not to come to church, but it doesn't matter to the pastor because they receive $10 million of PPP money. They're good for life. Doesn't matter whether people attend or not, they can just do Zoom services forever. Just like the globalists want them to do. Separated, marked, distanced, and controlled. Just like the globalists want you to be. Striving for a crown. Striving is in the Bible. Striving is in the Bible. Not just, well, you know, I just yielded it to the Lord and we'll see what happens. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. Come what may, not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. I've just yielded it to the Lord. That's not in the Bible. Striving for a crown. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. You're not supposed to compete? That's not what Paul just said. You are to run to win something. How many Christians live that way? They aren't. They're just standing there. They're standing there at the start line, and the Holy Spirit keeps hitting the starter's pistol, and everyone's standing around hugging each other. <laughs> Friendship, food, fellowship, and fun. <laughs> Hugs. Everybody's dying and going to hell. Hugs. Huggies. Look how nice we are. It's just like the first Corinthians 5, 3 Christians who are rejoicing that somebody's father, somebody's son was sleeping with his father's wife. Look how nice we are. We're so full of grace. You're not striving. You're not going to win a prize. You're doing nothing. See, your life and my life should be full 
of romantic excitement. As you are led by the Spirit of God, don't waste decades like I have. Don't do it. I'm seeing now as I grow what I've been missing. Thank God I believe differently than most everybody in this room because I actually believe the Bible. What, Tom, how dare you say it? Well, what do you believe about life? Everything that I believe about life is founded in the Word of God, period. How long am I supposed to live? Genesis chapter 6, verse 3 says, 120 years. This celebrated a birthday. I can't remember what country it's in. It's a guy 114 years old. He's fine. He's fine. But everyone believes in America. What's the average age of death in America? 77. 77 is the average age of death in America. We've, got, we've lost one year this year. 77. Think about it. Do you, do you, I mean, do you see the difference? 23 and another, that's 43 years you're th throwing away. My spirit shall not strive with man for forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. You ever see anybody break 120? There's plenty of people between 100 and 120. But you believe, you believe if this applies to you, you believe a lie. And I'm old, you know. Gosh, dog, I crossed that 50 line. I crossed that 60 line. 60's halfway there. You're middle-aged. That's a fact. But will you renew your mind? Or are you just going to go the AMA way? I'm glad. The reason why I brought that up is I'm glad that as I'm discovering how many decades I wasted, that I've got decades more to go. And you're like, Tom, don't you just want to go to heaven? Well, for me to live as Christ and to die as game, but to live as Christ. Everybody only talks about the second part. I can't evangelize in heaven. I can't pastor in heaven. There's only one pastor in heaven. Jesus doesn't need me there. 1 Corinthians 9, 25 through 27. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. How many of us can honestly say that we strictly train as a believer? Strictly train. You put hours in daily. You do with everything else. In order to learn the craft that you are currently operating in, you spent hours, but your Christianity is passive. You don't spend hours. Be honest with yourself. You don't spend hours doing, Tom, what kind of churches? I'm never coming back. Fine. Fine, I told you, I will never bootlick you. I'm not boot, I don't care. If you, if you meet me, it doesn't mean I don't care about you. I just don't care about what your feelings are telling you because they're carnal. Do you or don't you? Do you, do you? Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Do you? There's a yes or a no. I heard Jeff's thing now because it got piped into the, my office now because of Aaron's set up. I'm waiting for the day we won't have to have that anymore. A separate office would be good. You know, we actually have quiet instead of a storage closet in a podcast room. But I was, listening, I was listening to Jeff talk about that in the opening. What do you, is it that I don't have time or is it that I don't prioritize? It's not a priority. It will be when you watch the great throne, white throne judgment unfold before your eyes right out of Revelation 20, 11 through 15. 
It'll be all that matters to you. But let me ask you this. What if it gets real? We're in free Florida. What if it gets real? What if Andrew Gillum was governor right now? What, what, I mean, think about it. It's real in Australia. Can't go anywhere without your QR code. I mean, period, folks. We ain't like here now. We make our stands. Listen, I'm not belittling them. I'm one of you. We don't wear our masks going into Home Depot and everybody stares at you, you know, a year ago or so. I enjoyed it when people stared at me. I'm like, that's right. Reminded me of that great outdoors movie with John Candy, Suck My Wake. That boat, that was, na- <laughs> that was the name of the boat, Suck My Wake. Wish I had a shirt that said that. You'd see it on both sides coming at you and coming from behind. Suck my wake. Darn right. I don't believe what you believe about Christianity. I believe taking a stand and being strong in the Lord and the power of his might and saying what needs to be said. Period. I know some of you, I'm preaching in the choir, and some of you, this is startling. You're going to meet me at the door. Man, that was rough. It's not rough. Do we go into strict training? Are we there? Let's go, let's go on. 1 Corinthians 9, 25. They do it to get a crown. There's strict training. That will not be lost. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. That is not passive. I beat my body. In other words, I deny myself. I'm talking about some sort of weird Catholic commune on a mountain where everybody hits themselves with switches. That's not what he's talking about. In other words, he denies himself. I beat my body. I bring into captivity every thought. I bring into captivity all of my carnality so that I will run in such a way that I obtain the prize. It's worth it to me. I wish I had started fasting years ago because I wouldn't be the mess that I am today. I wasn't running in such a way to obtain a prize. I was merely getting by. It's not Christianity, and it's costing people their souls. And by the way, try to, when you have, like you've heard me say, eight million times in this church, when you have sections of Scripture entitled, warning against falling away. And what they tell you is, if you're not progressing, you're falling back. You better be careful, because merely hanging on, I'm, I'm just being totally transparent with you. I don't know if I wouldn't have changed if I would have gone to heaven. I was drifting into a stage of Christianity of just hanging on. That's not being in covenant with God. I certainly, I told uh, Donica Howard Brown on a flight up to Pittsburgh on Monday. I don't even know if I wouldn't have met them. I don't know if I'd be in ministry. Thank God I came under the leadership of some people that could give me some guidance. (laughs) I think about the laughter at the river. People mock it. The only people who mock it are people like me who are miserable. What's your strength? Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Am I miserable now? No, I'm coming out of misery. Coming out of misery after decades of living in it as a born-again believer. And here's the thing. I've told Aaron this a dozen times. It's a sad thing. It's an actual sad thing that I am in the upper levels of Christianity. People look at, well, you know, he's an upper level Christian. That's a sad thing if that's the case. Don't let it be you. Is this a relaxed faith? Tear your clothes because it's not. This is not a passive faith. The reason why we are a mess is because that's how we thought it is. It's not. Acts chapter 20, 22 through 24. About eight minutes to go. Everybody good? And see now, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, Paul speaking, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. What if it gets real? I mean, listen, what if it gets beyond Christian conferences? And I'll speak to myself. What if it gets beyond speaking in front of people? What if it becomes life and death? We can see around the world how it's etching hard that way. In New South Wales, Australia, it is not considered to be an exception to lockdown to go to work if you're unvaccinated. You can't work anymore. How are you going to eat? It just got real, didn't it? You trust in the Lord. What kind of faith do you have? What if it got real? You have nothing outside of your faith. There ain't no Walmart. I mean, what, I mean, have you ever thought about that? What if it gets real? Well, it's gotten real. You know, we had, uh, you know, hurricane whatever come through, and for 36 hours, we had no power. None. 36 hours. What, I mean, I'm, I'm asking you, what would, it, what would you be? It wasn't, it wasn't so much about any more fish Bible covers and going to casual Bible studies? What if it got to be life and death Christianity? Your child's on the line. Look at me. Your child's on the line. What are you gonna do? What kind of faith do you have? You gonna start training now? Could get real. Could get real. Charlie Chris is running for governor. Tom, you're talking politics. I don't care what you think. I'll say whatever I want. They take away my 501c3. They can spin that sideways and shove it up their own caboose too. Charlie Chris is a baby butchering lockdown hack. What have we got real? Well, there was no free Florida. Ain't easy to stand in New York City. Kick you out of restaurants. They're arresting people out of restaurants right now. Out of a Burger King, most of you saw that video. A whole bunch of cops bringing 30 cops. There's like two, there's like a mom sitting there with her four-year-old. You ought to be, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. They're blaspheming the name of law enforcement. A bunch of cowards bringing 30 cops in there. For what? I don't know how they'd ever survive being a deputy sheriff in Sarasota County. You go to, you go to full-blown family flights in the middle of nowhere Alone. Alone. What's going on? I see your wife no longer has any teeth in her mouth. How did that happen? <laughs> Don't worry, backup's right around the corner. We'll be here in 23 minutes. 
What if it got real? And see now, I, am ba- I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, Acts chapter 20, 22. Not knowing the things that will happen to me there. There's some real Christianity for you. Except the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But what does Paul say? But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Listen now. So that I may finish my race with joy. That I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. He's running a race, but you don't consider Christianity to be competitive? I'll finish with this. We're not called to the joy of competition. That's loser speak. No, it's not about winning or losing. It's all about the joy of competition. The joy in competition is winning. Period. Well, you know, there's lessons in losing, and, you know, we're finding the hidden meeting. No, that's not what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Preach this verse all the time around here. Now, thanks be unto God, which does what? Which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Not a hidden meeting. Not lessons in losing. Well, God's bringing me humility right now as, you know, my kids aren't, aren't saved. And it's really brought me a lot of humility as a dad, you know. And I know that I'm not the great. What? That's not the idea. The idea was for you to win. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. And maketh manifest the Sabbath's knowledge by us in every place. <clears throat> Luke 10, 19, behold, I give unto you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, you've got to watch. Worship team, make your way. You have got to watch or listen to the second service. Again, they don't get what you get. You don't get what they get. You've got to watch it. It's meant to be one sermon. I'll finish with this. You're called to win. These are verses that I've used a million times at this church, but this is what you need to do. Now, here's the thing. You're standing. How impactful will that stand be? You have to start with, I'm going to be driven. I press, press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Most of us know Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Everybody knows that, right? What's the next verse? What's the next verse? How do you get that? For I know the plans I have for you. I'll close it right here. There you go. You know I'm done. For you know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. I will listen to you. What's next? You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Are you doing that? Because if you didn't, you can forget about the plans he has for you. 
Why? Because God won't move unless you try real hard. It's got nothing to do with God. He's already given you everything. You trying real hard dispels your unbelief. Doesn't move God. It gets you out of the way for the move of God. He's already moving. Question is this week, how many of you are going to go into training starting right now? Not tomorrow. Mondays, that's worldly stuff. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it in the new year. No, no, now. You start training now. Listen, you can, you can get in the mully grubs and go worldly sorrow, which is I've wasted so much time. What's the point now? Better's one day. You start training now, you'll be upper echelon Christian in a month because nobody else is. Study to show yourself to approve. Pray without ceasing. Ask God every day, open doors. Never, ever, ever fall into distraction where your life is about your work, where your life is about your kids, where your life is, a lot of you, how dare you say that? Your life is not supposed to be about your kids. Your life is supposed to be about Jesus and the spillover effect of that fervency will make you the greatest parent ever. But you don't even go after the fervency to be the greatest parent. You go after God with all of your heart. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Amen. Now, how many of you are ready to stop whining about rain? Be the orca in the Arctic storm. Play in it. The world, the world around us is in calamity. You have cops walking around with six-foot poles. Play in it. Enjoy your life. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. You only have one threat, and that's God-ordained martyrdom, and you'll do it with joy. If God tells you, I want you, you don't need to worry about a plane crash, car crash, motorcycle crash, sickness, illness, or disease. That's all been taken care of. If God says, I want you to lay my life down, you'll jump right there. You'll say, no problem, God. I'm glad to lay my life down for you. Why, who else would I rather live for? So in the midst of all that is going on, it's like Vanessa saying, through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. You can enjoy your life, go invest, have babies, get married, enjoy your life. Don't worry about what the rest of the fools are doing. You'll only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. God will uphold you. And before the worst hits, you'll see this sickle come down from the sky. And you'll be lifted, lifted up off this earth because you have kept my command to persevere. I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. That's not for us. So kick back, but in order to enjoy the ride, you've gotta be in the spirit. Amen? Put your time in. Put your time in and to discover the covenant that you're in. Stand with Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person are watching online that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking Him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on 
in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.